And here we go. Welcome back to Snakes, Rats, and Goats, talking about Survivor, Winners at War, Episode 8. I'm your co-host, Ryan Elder, and with me, as always, is... Your co-host, Scott Chernoff. I feel like I'm leaving. I just feel like it's one of those situations where the robot voice says that I have to leave my name for an outgoing... Oh yeah, Attention. totally. That's yeah, that's what we're yeah. doing. Yeah. Every every week. Yeah. Every um, week. One day it'll feel natural. Hey, Ryan. We'll call you. Hey, How sorry. are you? Good, good. Why don't you bring our guest in right away? Well, I will. She's a dear friend of mine and a and a dear friend of our podcast because oh, yes. it's gotta be her at least third appearance, I would think. Um, on yep. the show. As she and I our longtime collaborators and friends who watched the early seasons of Survivor together before she completely renounced watching it ever again until we forced her to watch it for the podcast. She is a very talented writer, performer, casting uh, director, as well as a theater director and one half of the theater group Mr. and Mischief, which I almost mispronounced. She is Andy Crocker. Andy, welcome. I only came on the podcast for the compliments, so thank you. Great. Well, you're one of my favorite guests we ever have on, so thanks for coming back. Thanks for setting the bar real high. I'm sure to disappoint. I I wish I could say the same. No, Scott we're... likes a bunch of our guests a lot more. Yeah, there's several. Uh, okay. no. No, we, we're thrilled to have you. And so as Andy was watching this, now, as I mentioned, Andy, we always ask our guests, you know, what, what ex- their experience with Survivors. We've had a few guests recently who'd never seen any of it. But Andy did watch the first, at least, I'm going to say, four or five, maybe even seven or eight seasons mm-hmm. No, that sounds like a lot of seasons. I'm going to say four, maybe. Well, did you watch? You watch the season with Rupert? Yeah, except I almost asked you what season Rudy was in, but I think I meant Rupert. But Rupert, Rudy that was, was seven. One. Rudy was season. I mean, Rupert was season seven. So I remember. Wow. I remember. Well, you there's two a year. I remember watching oh, Amazon wow. season six with you because that was Men versus Women. Do you remember that? And I, mean, I, had a, every- I had a crush on Christy, the, the deaf girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, so Andy has has seen several seasons of the show, and yet dropping into episode eight of season 40, she texted me and said, I am baffled. <laughs> <laughs> so I had so many questions. I, I took notes just to keep track of all of them. So what was the most baffling thing to you am i allowed to curse of course what of the course. fuck is extinction like they never said what it was so they like i know i don't want it but i don't know what it is so like I, what, I, what i loved and hated about this and i feel like it's particular to this season but maybe it's just because i am further and further from context but like if you watch um like a more soap driven reality show it's like chock a block full of of exposition they'll be like they'll always cut to someone that's like 
tells you everything that's ever happened up into that point, like an episode of Degrassi. But with this, there's no, they don't help at all. They're just like, well, I don't no. want to go to the edge of extinction. And they've dropped, okay. the show has dropped the previously on segment. Yeah, they do not care if you have no idea what's going <laughs> on. They just finally like, were like, let's not waste the time on that. We know the people watching this are just like diehards. They're all that's left. <laughs> Scott, I, I wish they would help us out, felt, though. It felt almost hostile. But, (laughs) (laughs) but I also thought it was really interesting. Like they never cut to it. It's not like I just kept thinking that the next scene would be. Meanwhile, uh, at the edge of extinction, (laughs) there was no meanwhile. There was no previously on, and there was barely any what was happening currently. So it was just like a crazy mishmash of scenes. But were you able to glean, like, piece together what it is? Yeah. Sure. Uh, there are, are what it hap- It's what happens when a bunch of strangers are meant to live on an island and find out what happens when people start being survivors. Start getting right? real. Um, well, they did a season a year ago. Season thirty-eight was called "Survivor: Edge of Extinction," and it's a very controversial twist that they brought. This back. is not Edge of Extinction. What? Wait, this you're is. telling me what I is not Edge of Extinction? No, Edge of Extinction is a place, but the two seasons ago they introduced it, and the season was named after it. This season is called now, Winners listen, at I'm War. Now, listen, I'm not an expert. Yeah. I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure Edge of Extinction is a place. Uh, it might be a place, but it's also an emotional state. It's yeah. It's also mm-hmm. a metaphor. It's also a psychic space that we occupy. <laughs> I yeah, think we're I'm all not... on the edge of extinction right now. I'm touching the side of my head and nodding at you and smiling. Yes. You, Don't you, touch you your face, it. Brian. Don't oh, right. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, what's the, the Eddie Murphy uh, gif, the meme where he's like pointing at his head and smiling and nodding? That's what That's what I'm doing to you right now. You figured it out. <laughs> it is a metaphor in many ways but it's basically this it's this twist that m- most i'd say super fans uh like ryan and myself do not like but it's where you go and you get voted out what, what? <laughs> just, so you know how yeah, on survivor somebody gets voted out at the end of the game yeah it's sort of a purgatory and they just no, remember we determined we last week the, nothing like purgatory. We went over this last week. That's right, because <laughs> in purgatory you don't come back to life. But in this, in Edge of Extinction, one that you sit there and suffer and occasionally do weird challenges, and you wait for the challenge that you saw in this most recent episode, Andy, where one person gets to go back into the game. Yeah. Oh, the sticks and snakes and and sand, not squeeze a pole. Correct. Yeah. The very first, the very first thing we see in the episode is the people on Edge of Extinction who have recently been voted out, gearing up to go play in the competition to get back in the game. Um, And I have to say, this episode with regards to Edge of Extinction 
is probably the least confusing one this season because at least you see the moment someone gets back in the game. Um, because up until now, it's just been like these little vignettes where it looks like they're another tribe or something. You honestly have no idea what's going on and they don't explain it. Um, so imagine how confused some of our previous guests have been. But sounds like you they, figured it out. Well, it was just like 4,000 people are doing a completely maniacal, nonsensical jungle gym challenge and and being yelled at. <laughs> and I didn't have any, I didn't know or care about anybody. Although by the end, you know what? Kudos, editors. I did care by the end of that challenge. Who did you so, care about? Who 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 were you rooting for? Uh, well, uh, uh, Ty- Tyler Taylor Longhair. Yeah, Tyson. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Tyson. Um, Yawn. Is there a yawn? There's Yule. no yawn. There Yule. is a Yule. Yeah, Yule. And uh, someone whose name sounds like poverty. Yes, poverty. Yeah. Oh. So not poverty, because that's like a terrible name to have on a show like this. On any show. (laughs) We named our child after a really depressing state of existence. Surely there must be a show where having the name poverty is a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean... uh, If you're playing like the god of of poverty, poverty. Now I can't even pronounce poverty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you recognize any of these people though some of them Every, you must was, have recognized oh it was like one of those dreams you have where everyone you know <laughs> is in one place like or when you go let's like if you go to like back when we could go to supermarkets when you go to like the supermarket in silver lake and you just feel like you know everybody because everyone's a, like a co-star actor on television <laughs> just like everyone yeah. looks vaguely there um that's what it felt like it felt like going to the whole foods 365 in silver lake so <laughs> but, but you remember what about like amber and rob well that's like saying do you remember barack and michelle obama yes okay. i remember amber. <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> they are the barack and michelle michelle obama of survivor that's they really true. are <laughs> and, and they inspire, they're romantic I, I don't know if you remember Ethan, but he was there too. He was a winner of an early season that you watched. Honestly, I couldn't tell you if Ethan, if I had seen Ethan in a show, if I went to Hebrew school with Ethan, right. if he's on a different <laughs> show, I have no he, idea. He, but he, he looks is, He is a member of the tribe. So um, you got that part right. Scott, actually, <laughs> he's not a member of the tribe. He's on Edge of Extinction. Oh, I'm, I'm talking Jew talk, Ryan. You don't get it. We have our own secret words. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, no, I'm not going to touch the secret Jewish words. No, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. I'd say you are. Um, um, no, everyone looks familiar. Sa- yeah. Sandra, Natalie. Bop, Corden, Leaf, Tor, Eric, Chad, Thad, Bracket. I'm rooting for Thad. (laughs) Bracket is my my favorite. (laughs) Sandra was not there, but she was talked about quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, Um, 
Joe, Natalie, uh, Rose, Blanche. They all seem very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Rose and Blanche, I think, could win the game. The funny thing is you were saying random names, but you said actual names of people on Edge of Extinction. At least three of those fake <laughs> names were actual names. I think some of them were on purpose, actual, but maybe not. Oh, okay, okay. Poverty. <laughs> this, the, yeah. Uh, well, so, so you saw them battling back, and then at the end of the season, presumably, if they do it like they did it last time, there will be one more competition for somebody who's stuck there to come back and join mm-hmm. Tyson in the game. It could be Tyson if he they could vote him back out. You know, I did think they did a great job, obviously, for new viewers to root for Tyson coming back, right? They sh- they had that little bit in the beginning where Jeff interviews him, and you know he interviewed everyone down the line. Oh, right? yeah. But when um, that music kicked in... Uh, it was so... Like, yeah. It's like, jeez. Oh. oh, my God. Can we talk about the music for a second? Because that is very different than what I remember. Yes, you, it's very different from last about- season. <laughs> so... There were lyrics several yeah, times. That was very disturbing. <laughs> I hate it. I, re- I hate it. Every well, week I say how much I hate these. You better lyrics. get ready. ready. You better get ready. It was- <laughs> <laughs> they're coming for you. And then there was like a rock song as they're getting, as they are literally getting ready. I guess they thought you better get ready was too on the nose for showing them actually getting ready. <laughs> well, like- better get ready perceived getting ready. That's like <laughs> oh, saying, hey, you guys aren't doing ready, anything. Yeah. You better get <laughs> and ready. And then afterwards they were like, they got ready. They did it. <laughs> Some yes. people yes. got ready. <laughs> What? I should stop complaining about the lack of I should stop complaining about the lack of exposition because there was exposition. It was yes, in the song lyrics. Yeah, you just weren't <laughs> listening closely enough to the lyrics. Edge of extinction <laughs> is where you go. Fifth time your... playing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you know what it's like? It's like um at the Oscars and they're like, This is the fifth time being nominated and they're first win. Like yeah. but they're doing it in song. <laughs> they should completely do that. This is Rob's fifth time playing. Yeah. He has His one previous time. win. He uh this and is our when someone's been, been talking to him, that's when then the song kicks in. If someone's yeah. just been <laughs> talking about their plan, like, they had a plan and now they're gonna do it. <laughs> they get played off. Yeah. I love this idea. It might make me hate these stupid pop songs they put in here less. But it's, oh man. I can we just talk about before we get back to your questions, Andy, like, let's just since we're talking about that challenge and who came back and all of that, like, I don't I'm baffled by the fact that, okay, Andy, I'm sure you heard them talking about fire tokens. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's been that's a new wrinkle this season. But so they you the, Rob and Natalie each had four fire tokens Rob because Amber gave him one they each could have bought even before Amber gave him they each could have bought up to three advantages yeah and this they seemed significant seemed by the way stupidest stupidest thing they could have done was to buy an idol that in case they get back into the game 
Rob lost that challenge by what? Five seconds. Sure seemed like it, unless it was editing. So is that the most colossal mistake? If he had bought two more advantages, he would have been in the game. He would have won the challenge. True or false? Yeah. No, I think you're right. How could you be wrong? And Natalie, who's amazing at challenges, could have potentially won. If she had bought three advantages. I mean, unless it's like a butterfly flaps its wings in, you know, South America and causes a rainstorm in in Asia or something like maybe Rob would be so confident that he would blow the, the maze more, you know, maybe, or something, maybe. but I doubt um, it. I just think he, and then we saw him at the end of the episode on the jury. First time he's ever been on the jury, uh, which was interesting to see to begin with. Oh, and yeah, he looked, good point. He, yeah. he looked so pissed and so bummed. And I'm like, dude, you blew it. Well, maybe he was pissed and bummed because he blew it. He blew it. Uh, Rob has seemed pissed and bummed this entire season. It has not seemed like he's been in a good mood, even when he was in the game. Yeah. Well, I think as soon as he realized that he wasn't the best player out there or that everybody was good, because in the beginning it was kind of like, hey, I'm Boston Rob, right? I'll just waltz through and win this. And yeah. then and then he got in. It was like, oh, everybody here has won. Everybody here knows how to play, but that he, he, he blew it. That's, that's all I have to say. I agree with you. I think Natalie did too, obviously. I mean, she was not too far from the end. Having two more advantages could easily have gotten her the win. You will almost won with zero advantages. I know. And he never even had a chance to earn a fire. I love you too. Can I just point out Yule looks ridiculous. Ridiculously amazing, right? Like, how oh. in shape is that guy? Very. That might have been why I like Duel so much. Maybe I'm just shallow. <laughs> he... unlike, unlike Parvati Shallow. That's her last name, Andy. Her last name is Shallow. No, it's not. It is. No, yeah. it's not. It's the... Her name is Poverty Shallow? I have two favorite survivor names. One is Parvati Shallow, and the other was, and this name perfectly described her, Jeffra Bland. <laughs> and she was so bland. I forgot about her last name. <laughs> um, yeah, Parvati's last name is Shallow. Um, but yeah, you looks great. You could have won. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that like being voted out the most recently, like lasting longer in the game, disadvantaged Yule. Because he had no chance to earn an advantage to get back in. Yeah, and I think that's subjectively true. However, there's a counter-argument. Okay, let's hear it. Everybody else was sitting there on edge of extinction, starving more so and more depleted than he was. Eh, I don't buy it. I don't either, but that's the counter-argument. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to dismiss sure that. You know, I have literally no idea any of the things that you just said. It was like you were talking about physics for the last <laughs> whatever. <laughs> what would it surprise you to find out that he was talking about physics? No, not at this. This point. is but now. This, this is a is physics podcast. <laughs> we just do physics now. <laughs> what else baffled you, Andy, about this episode? Oh my god. Um uh, well, a lot of my questions are just like living on extinction. What does that even mean? Um, and then 
I also felt like there, like the challenges weren't explained even very well. I was super confused, except for hug a pole. Hug a pole is normal. That's I'm pretty easy, that. though. Yeah. Um, well, if you're anything um, like Scott and I, you just tuned out while he was describing the challenges, and then they were confusing yeah, as a the, result. The challenge for me every week is to not start daydreaming while Jeff Probst <laughs> is explaining a challenge. Maybe he explained it, and I just was zoning out. Um, well, I just have, you know, I I guess in general, most of my questions were just like co- contextual stuff. Um, sure. And then we- seeing, seeing the, the descriptions of their previous, the names of their previous Oh like, my wins. God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show has gone crazy. Word, word salad or like a parody of itself, like to the point where heroes versus hustlers versus... <laughs> Yeah, whatever oh, hobos. hobos 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 versus hedonists i was just like what the fuck is this yeah that is the way millennials versus gen x how about that one is that real yes or is that what's happening during this pandemic uh well that's happening yeah it's literally happening all the time but uh, uh yeah there was a season blood, blood versus water you might have noticed that one as well what? Yeah. It, yeah. I don't, sharp I'm waiting for blood anyway, versus not- healers. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Yeah, there's a lot of really wacky titles that they've had because remember it used to be like Survivor Africa, Survivor China, whatever. Now yeah. they're in the same place every every year. So now it's just the theme is Survivor. the title. What? Is it all take place in Jeff Probst's backyard? Yeah. <laughs> At this point. It's on his private island. I mean, he yeah. does live there for like five months out of the year. So kind of, right? Like, <laughs> Basically. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. Now well, I they... guess my only remaining question. Sorry, continue. Go ahead. No, no, no. You continue. Oh, I don't want to change the subject. I just, I realized I had one final question. And we'll I, I think it. that you two probably. I've answered this. I want to know why none of the women wore pants to the challenge. And if you oh, don't know what is... the challenge is going to be, why don't you bring a fucking pair of pants? And then when you find out what you need to do, either take your pants off or continue to wear the pants. It was this is very such a good annoying. question. Pants off, it, dance off. So the, the answer is going to be really frustrating. And this, okay. and I wanted to talk about this actually because I thought this was relevant in the shot where Sophie is like really shivering and crying right before yeah. the challenge. The answer is they are not allowed to. Women are required to wear bathing suits um, to challenges like <laughs> that. that. Was yeah, a, it's an amazing it's horrible. Gasp. That it's was horrible. A- and, and in the past, it's been really bad. The fact that they let Sophie put a shirt on is new. Like she Ooh. she had like a sweat like a little shirt on when she was up on the pole. Like in the past, they would have been like, "No, you can't even do that." But I thought they weren't allowed bathing suits anymore. I thought they had to wear like their underwear. The well, men they were underwear. wearing. Yeah, fine, they were wearing their underwear. But like, uh, you know, the season with you know Purple Kelly, one of the big reasons she quit is because they refused to give her any clothes other than her basically her her swimsuit. And, that is. Uh, it's horrible. Insane. So you're telling me that the men can wear pants and the women cannot. 
So I don't know if the men, I think so they were required to show up to this challenge in their bathing suit is most likely what happened. I don't know for sure. I wasn't there. And I think the men showed up in their shorts and t-shirts. This is new to me though. This is new information to me too. You, oh, so, thought... you have, so Scott, you, you should read the um, funny 15. It's not that funny, but about purple Kelly's. It is not very funny. No. Um, it's really shocking. Like the fact that producers just would refuse to let her wear warm clothes. She would borrow jackets from people and producers would be like, you can't wear that. Oh my and God. Just, I thought that they now like they had, you know, they all have to wear what they come in, but like Sandra didn't wear swimsuits. I didn't know that there was some special rule. Are you saying there's a special rule for challenges? I think they are told, okay, for this challenge, we need you to wear this outfit. But if Sandra was still in the game, she would not be in a swimsuit. She wouldn't have been in a swimsuit, but... What was Sarah wearing? What was Denise wearing? They were wearing, like, their tank tops, right? Like... Why wouldn't you you bring with you, as your bathing suit, like an old-timey 1920s bathing suit? Yeah, good question. Production chooses all your clothes for you. You submit a whole bunch of options, and they choose what you're going to wear. What if I was what if I was Muslim and wanted or or this well, actually, but this actually came up last season uh, to an extent. Karishma, which is why is why isn't Muslim? Is that what? Came yeah, up? They were like, last season everybody was talking about you being Muslim. It was very strange. <laughs> no, Karishma, who is I don't believe she's Muslim, but she's Indian American, and she was talking in her private confessionals about how uncomfortable she was walking around in her underwear and that that just isn't done in her culture. But on the other hand, she knew that going in and, you know, wanted to be on survivor. There is a big misconception amongst fans of the show um, that these people choose to wear what they're wearing. Uh, You know, like why is this guy going to the, going to a desert deserted Island in a business suit? Right. Why is she wearing high heels? But like, I, here's, here's my just from like TV nerdness, like game show law, like even going, you know, like it just seems unfair. Like if like if it's supposed to be supposed to present as this sort of challenge, like isn't there something to the fact that like it's way easier to hug a pole with pants on than your raw vag? Like I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> Depends how sticking your raw vag is. <laughs> Be honest. Well, it's lovely. I mean, I don't know your badge. I don't know what it's like, but I, you know. Well, it's like um, you know those Denise, binder clips. Denise, <laughs> out. Oh, okay, the binder clip. Denise, you know her. She seemed. I don't know. I mean, I know that like the guy, even the guys who won, who stayed in the longest, were wearing shirts. Yep, I think and the I, shirt like helped. Especially the shirt helps the... you slide down easier without hurting your chest, right? Like, right. And like imagine tearing you your boobs. That's this is. I'm like so full of rage that none of my I, other questions seem to matter. I do have boobs, basically. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I will say that this challenge, having boobs, has not hurt people on this challenge in the past. Several women have won. They've done this challenge many times. Several well, women have won this challenge. Par- Parvati Shallow has won this challenge. Yes, in the past. exactly. It just seems like it would hurt to not have a shirt. Oh yeah. Well. I think it hurts no matter what. Well, that's period. 
but um, yeah, I certainly falling, sliding down the po- post. I, I was really happy when I saw that Sophie had a like a sweatsh- like a cardigan or something on uh, after standing there in the rain. It really made me mad because I keep th- I think back to the purple Kelly thing, and I'm like, you know, she definitely wants to put a shirt on and probably even has one that she could put on, but she was told to show up in a certain outfit for the challenge. And it's really frustrating. What about the jacket controversy from David versus Goliath? Yeah, I mean, that's a great example, right? Another season. Yeah, so Natalie had a jacket. David versus talking about another season. Yes, David (laughs) versus Goliath was one of the best seasons, actually. I mean, that's that's a good example of what I'm talking about. Natalie was allowed to wear a jacket because it fit her character type. And... um. What, what Angelina was not because she's like a hot girl who shouldn't be wearing a jacket so she can look hot all the time. So you're saying it's not simply based on gender. It's based on hotness. I think it's based on character type primarily. Is- yeah. Well, they uh, it's like to- wardrobe, right? Yeah. Like if you're, if you get cast as a nerdy guy on a TV show, something you might be familiar with, Scott, they're going to dress you like a nerdy guy. What right? are you trying? Like, what are you trying to say? You can bring all the clothes from home that you want to make you look like a cool guy. I'm going to bring. Gonna... I'm going to bring everything to a screeching halt <laughs> by telling you this 20 second true anecdote. When I I booked a commercial years ago, and I went into the wardrobe fitting. They have you come in and they have you bring options, just like Survivor, and they have mm-hmm. options there, and they decide what you're going to wear in the commercial. And I walked in and the wardrobe woman was looking me over and she said to her assistant, as though I was just, you know, a rock, like not a person. She just said to, to her, well, the character is supposed to be sort of like this schlubby loser. So I kind of feel like what he is wearing right now is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. Oh my God. Scott, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I bet we, I, I have literally been an extra once in my life and I had a similar experience with wardrobe. Like it's the, it, I feel like they're all assholes, right? Is not all of them. No, no, many of them are very nice. Just most this, of Hollywood. Most of Hollywood okay. are sweethearts, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was an extra on, um, Sarah Silverman program because Rob like put out a thing on the channel one-on-one forums or something that was like, anyone want to come be an extra? And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And I went and like, I didn't realize I was supposed to bring a bunch of options for clothing. So I didn't really have, I had like a logo or something on my shirt and the, the, the person, the, and because I've, this is the first time I've ever been an extra, I had no idea. The, the wardrobe person was like so put out and she made, it was like a hundred degrees outside. There was no AC. We were shooting in meltdown comics and she gave me like a flannel shirt. <laughs> I was, I was roasting. I was like, I, I don't have to be here. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> this is the worst. You know, my grandmother, this is another extra story. Has had a similar experience. She told, told me she's long gone now, but she, she was an extra in the movie Hello Dolly. <laughs> and what? She, yes, and she and her sister went because some, I don't remember how they got hooked into it, but they heard about it and they thought it would be really fun. And the way she told the story, she's like, "And we had to stand outside in this crowd outside in these old-timey clothes that covered us from head to toe and it was, you know, incredibly hot." 
and she hated it. And it was supposed to be like the same group of extras there for at least a couple days or like a week. And she just didn't go back the next yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> I hated, get it. hated it so much. I wouldn't have gone back if it was a multi-day thing. And then actually the scene that I was in got cut anyway. So welcome to Hollywood, right? I know, right? That's my one and only. Uh... <laughs> here's what I would pitch. Could we, could there be an episode of Survivor? It's called, uh, the, here's my pitch. You guys ready? It's ready. called uh, Survivor Edge of Time. And it's three different tribes, and they all are dressed from different time periods. Oh, I love this idea. It's like in turn of the century. So they can wear their bathing suits, but it has to be like those. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, a you know the you know that PBS series? Awesome. Yeah. Frontier yeah. House, Manor House. It's like yeah. that mixed with Survivor. So it's like, like role-playing. It's like live-action role-players. So the right? men could be in those like full-body bathing suits. So I would say like turn of the century, maybe like a caveman team. Like you'd think they have the advantage. I want a future team too. Yeah. Like like the robot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The future team. Yeah. But then the future team still, it's all the same rules. Like you can't bring technology. Cause right. (laughs) They're like, they're like bathing suits are like shiny silver colored. And that's like, you know, that's what makes them from the future. And they just complain about the lack of holograms like the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> i think, yeah, I I think love we're on to something yeah this is maybe the best variant of survivor i've heard <laughs> not right. that much crazier than all the other ones i don't think no not um, much at all l- let's get back to this episode if we may because these this have been a great uh, diversion and yeah. certainly very fun but um i want to talk about how do we feel about tyson getting back in the game do we think he has a shot is it just a waste of someone coming back what's your take scott well i'm a bit in the minority in that like of all the people who were on the edge of extinction I acknowledge that Tyson is good TV. We've talked about this before, but I'm not as much on the Tyson train. Other than Danny, who's just kind of proven herself to be boring, I would have been happier with anybody else coming back. Of course, I was rooting for Natalie or Ethan, but I knew Tyson had a really good shot with uh, because he's so good at challenges. And he, he is funny. He makes great TV. Um. As t- in terms of a chance to win, it's really hard to say because if these people learned anything from the prior Edge of Extinction season, they should vote him off immediately. Yeah, yet, I was from, shocked. From what we saw, him. it didn't even come up. I it's mean, insane. I'm sure, I'm sure it came up. Oh, yeah. Not to, the ex- up. not to the extent that, um, that it became relevant to the story of the episode. And you know he's right. If he has a chance to sink his hooks in, he'll he'll do really well. He could win the season. He's a major yeah. threat. I don't know why. After seeing season thirty-eight, they wouldn't just be like, "We have to get out the edge of extinction person immediately." Yeah. yeah. Because what happened last time, Andy, is the person who came back at this point at the merge went on to basically dominate the whole season and would have won except the person who came back at the very end won the game. So they, they need mm. to vote that. The, the person who came back at the end came back when there were like five or six people left. So what the lesson should be that you have to vote that person off immediately. 
but nobody seemed yep. to learn that lesson. Yeah. Or the uh, lesson well, we'll see. not to have Edge of Extinction or have Edge of Extinction be more interesting because, oh my God. Well, what? we're, yes, we're in agreement on that. Can I, we, well, we can just say that Edge of Extinction this season is literally 100 times more interesting than it was last time. There's actually things going. I know. They have been showing <laughs> a little bit. And there's actually things going on there. The fire tokens, for example, are a big part of Edge of Extinction. And they are actually seemingly very, they are making it more interesting. But it's still not. But afraid. all of those challenges to to get fire tokens and they don't even spend like Natalie was like, I'm a billionaire. I could buy so many advantages. She didn't. She bought an idol. The idols were like such a trap, right? Like, sure. You, you can have, you'll have an idol when you get back in the game. I think they're thinking like, Oh, if I get back, they're just going to vote me out right away. But I don't think that's the, that's obviously was not the case. Tyson clearly didn't need one. Yep. All he needed was that peanut butter, Scott. So, 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 Andy. One of the things that happened earlier was Tyson got a fire token on Edge of Extinction, and he used it to buy peanut butter. He's literally the only person who spent a fire token on anything other than an advantage in the game, and he got um, peanut butter with it. But couldn't you say, like, if you're less hungry, you have an advantage? That's yeah, what yeah, said. exactly. That was his reason. I mean, you and Tyson are on the same wave. Also, quick. Just side note, like if I have gathered only based on this current conversation that fire tokens are just what we call the currency in this Fakaktus survivor land. Yes. Is that just the currency? Correct. correct. It It is is a form of currency. A form of currency, yes. Oh my God. Snoresville. It's so much more exciting when you are like competing for the peanut butter because there's like a direct, like I want to win that thing that I see. Right. It's much more interesting. Television, yeah, and instead they're know. saving up for bodega bubblegum. Well, I did. I mean, that was a great notable quotable, though. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Tony was like, "The prices went up." Yeah. I'm like a kid in a candy store, um, except for uh, the prices didn't go up. Apparently, okay. <laughs> they're literally oh, really? just the same. Yeah, I, that's what I saw <laughs> oh, on Twitter. Funny. I think <laughs> that's weird. But they yeah. only show you that menu for like a second. So you really I know. I maybe I, I should have held up bro on that menu, but yeah. Um who knows? Maybe I did. Oh we'll find out when we get to our segments. I can't wait. What a teaser. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> all right. So Tyson is back in. He he what did you feel? we haven't heard your take. Oh my god, I was so excited. I love Tyson. You know, Scott, he's one of my favorites. I know, I know. If he um, I was so really excited. Mean, I love this new I love this new face turn for Tyson too, where he's like the good guy with like talking about his family and stuff. Like it's such a great arc for his, his character type, right? Like last time he played, he was such, I mean, when he first played, he was legitimately a villain, like straight up mean to people. That's why I'm not into him as much because that I still think of how mean he was to that one girl. Yeah. I mean, he was, this was 20 years ago. (laughs) It was 15 years ago. Um, And you know, I look, do I forgive him for that? Not really. Of course not. But uh, he's entertained me so much in the meantime. He's very entertaining. Um, and, and then his second time out, he was an idiot, made a huge mistake, got voted out because of it. His yeah. third time out, he won because he was a sneaky, he was a villain, but he was a sneaky villain, right? Yeah. And was. then it's so fun to see him come back and like, now he's like a heroic character somehow, 
right? He's like following the Boston Rob trajectory. Yeah. So maybe he wins. I doubt it, but maybe he wins. I would love that, right? I, I also would. would I think it's a good time to bring up one of the notable quotables of the show, which is. I got so I like yelled at the TV when he was like, maybe I'm softer now because I'm a father. And I was like, fathers are not soft. They are strong. <laughs> people. Like I got really angry, especially because while this was happening, my husband was out like at the grocery store exposing himself to people. No, exposing himself to the virus and um, and like shopping for his family and loved ones. And I just like yelled at the TV and I was like, fathers are not soft. They're yeah. hard, strong, wonderful people that could fight on an island like i was i wanted i, I was yeah so and I, also like wanted him to know that his softness can be his strength right well, true i agree i think i agree with you i think because you had no context it kind of goes back to what ryan was talking about is that he was always such an asshole and such <laughs> I, so i think it became more i think it's more of him saying like maybe i'm i'd be having love in my life has made me less of an asshole. Oh, okay. That, that Or like that, less, yeah, like less good at the game because I'm not an asshole because I care about people. Hard -hearted, now. hearted, not yeah. soft yeah. or like strong. Right, yeah. more soft hearted, exactly. Yeah, so he's working under this sort of the paradigm that you have to be a hard asshole to win Survivor, right? Um, Which is not always true, correct? No, it's rarely yeah. true, in fact. <laughs> yeah it's and, and he you know and when he won i think he he was only an asshole like in in private you know he was everybody's friend in you know right and you know another thing about tyson is that he loves to use uh tropes like that expectations like that and subvert them through sarcasm so it's very possible that he was coming from a like almost a sarcastic place he loves to be self-deprecating through tropes like that. And that's, uh, to me, that I, I just felt like, oh, he's just doing a bit, kind of. Yeah, well, he does a lot genuine. of it. I'm more offended genuine. by making the, I'm, I'm saying I'm not, wasn't genuinely offended. I'm more offended by the pantsless pole hugging, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like who, yeah. I'm on the pet train. Who, who wouldn't be uh, offended by pantsless pole hugging in any context? Yeah. So one thing that one thing that happens at the merge feast I want to talk about is Denise sort of recounts how she used her idols. She stole oh. the idol from Sandra, used it. I know this was probably super uh, confusing <laughs> when you hadn't seen oh, the original. Okay, cool. What what did cool. you love? I loved it because she was telling a story, and I followed, the, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Story. I am enjoying, and they call like humans together at a dinner, and I was like, "Yes, I am very into this scene." I, was, that was the first moments of the whole show for me. It made linear sense. Ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think you know my take on that is that like it's one thing to tell the story of how you bested someone and you're awesome and stuff, but like at the merge like that, it's just like you have to downplay it. You know what I mean? Like. I made this mistake when I played Survivor Live to Give, which briefly Andy is a, a fan run charity version of Survivor. It lasts three days. Um, uh, and I had a similar situation where I played an idol correctly. And then, you know, everybody's asking you about it. Right. Um, and it's really hard to 
downplay something, a big success of yours in the game because you're excited about it, but you you have to. I failed, but you do have to. You have to be like, oh yeah, I, I had to use my idol there. It was like, no, there's nothing else I could do. You know. Well, there was no way for her to even say that she had to use her idol there because she made you know, an aggressive move. It was so aggressive, yeah. It was a brilliant, it was, I mean, that's the other thing is this whole like, oh, the old school players, they all got voted out, but it's like, Sandra would still be there. Sandra just basically blew up her game. She just handed Denise an idol and and Denise is not an idiot. So she used it against Sandra. Yeah. (laughs) Sandra thought... You're right. Sandra should still be there and she would be cruising to the end probably. Absolutely. I'm so... Because there's just no reason to vote her out. I'm so upset about it. God damn it. It's really frustrating. I love Sandra so much. <laughs> I know, but how about when uh, when Tony just roasts Sandra at the end of the the return challenge? He's like, I could see why Sandra quit. Can you see her doing this? <laughs> I didn't even think he was roasting her so much as just acknowledging. Yeah, I know, I know. I saw Sandra on Twitter say like Tony was right. She was like, Yeah, there's no way I could do that. Well, yeah, no, everybody on earth that's seen the show knows Sandra had no shot at that (laughs) challenge, but it's still kind of like, you know. (laughs) She had no shot at the hug a pole either. Oh, absolutely. Even if she had gone back. But but she would have been in a shirt and pants. That's true. She has no chance at any challenge. (laughs) Did she maybe? Well, if it's just puzzle. Sometimes there's a mental game that's only mental. Almost more, always there's more some rare physical now. aspect. Though, more rare too. now, but they used to have some challenges that were just mental. Yeah. And she could win those. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I still think she's like eighth on my list of good mental challenge players in this season. All right. Like. Don't <laughs> <laughs> fight you guys. <laughs> oh, look, that makes the podcast good. Trust me. People love it when we fight. <laughs> And then, and then a famous Survivor player comes on and sides with Scott in every argument we've ever had. That was still, I think, the greatest moment of our <laughs> podcast. We <laughs> we settled some longtime arguments by asking a famous Survivor player and podcaster to settle the arguments for us, and he sided with Scott on every argument. <laughs> Is there a reason why you're not saying your name? Is it a secret? Oh, no, it's Rob Sesternino. Sorry. I just, uh, I was just trying, I, I, you know, I was trying not to name drop, basically. You know who, you know Rob Sesternino? You know who he is? Is it a different person than the Rob Sesternino that has a podcast and is a famous Survivor player? No. I just didn't one. know that you knew that. <laughs> would... But you watched his season. That was the season with Christy the Deaf Girl. I know, but also like I, I know I pay attention ish. Okay, you're okay. my hey, look. Between <laughs> you and Miles and Ryan, but I really only talked to Ryan on the podcast. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Ryan. I met Miles through Andy. Oh okay, yeah. Miles knows everyone, so that's not surprising. Yeah. No, Miles. Like, I just through osmosis know things just by hanging out with those guys. That's true. She doesn't like being with me and Miles at the same time. <laughs> we just talk about Survivor. 
Oh man! Did you know Miles? Did you know that I worked for Miles for a day on the Survivor finale last year, Andy? Were you so happy? Oh my gosh, he made my dream come true. He was like a kid oh. in a bodega. It was so amazing. Were you able to buy just a piece of stick of gum at the bodega? <laughs> it was that times times a million. I was like ten fire tokens happy. how much in normal person dollars i don't know i'm just talking like my son he he always says like that's 20 fast oh i just realized fast or not (laughs) i just realized we can figure out exactly how much a fire token is worth in u.s dollars by dividing the total number of fire tokens available in the season by two million (laughs) yes right that's how. That's what they're worth. So at the end of the season, <laughs> yeah, you can cash them in. <laughs> you can count how many tokens have been distributed. Yeah, exactly. The so they started with twenty. They started with twenty. They added a ton on Extinction Island, and they added two into the game yesterday or last night or whatever when they gave them away. By the way, it was that interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting. The winner of the immunity challenge each got a fire token in addition to immunity. I thought yeah, that was kind of interesting. I wonder if that's going to continue. Probably. Seems There's like no it would, right? That what happened every night or never or whether it was important. Well, we don't really know how important. I mean, that's the thing. Like Tyson got in without much help from fire tokens. Like I don't know how important they are. Yeah, but um, we know hey, that they're worth. Sorry to interrupt. If I have to run and open a door, will that break everything? Are you guys going to talk no, about me? Will, go ahead. We will talk world. about you, but go ahead. Open a door. Okay. Oh, man. She's the worst. <laughs> I really hate it when she opens doors. I hope she's opening a door to hell. Yeah. I hope she falls out that door and falls <laughs> Into the right, street. <laughs> right on her tush. Oh, man, how embarrassing. Oh, man, I'll be dining out on that story for years. Uh, I think she's left. Uh, I think it's over. Yep, that's probably, I mean, I would have left too, actually. <laughs> After talking to us all this time. Too many fire. Too much fire token talk. Oh, um, my gosh. What else what do we can, need to talk about? Well, we definitely need to talk about who got voted out and why. Okay. Um, I want to talk about... Oh, yeah, I have some thoughts. Uh, uh, go ahead. We got to talk about, uh, yeah, just the dynamic after they got back to camp after immunity. Because basically, like, the pre-immunity challenge was just setting up for, like, showing us who was going to win. You know, sort of saying, like, oh, right. you should be worried about these two, and then, boom, those two well, win. Well, that's another reason that Edge is kind of lame, because it took away a lot of time from, so from much seeing time, what yeah. was going on with the merged tribe. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I I mean, that, that, that'll be done now until they come back again. Yeah, to an extent, but they'll still be cutting back yeah. there. So, yeah. Sorry. You're back. All have... good. Where All was good. that? I got a huge paper cut while I was gone. What, what happened? I thought you were just, you didn't mention anything about handling paper. The door was made of paper, obviously. Was it a paper? Are you in Japan? <laughs> You're supposed to be at home, Andy. Are you sheltering in Japan? <laughs> I just took, I just walked away, opened the door, took a quick plane to Japan, touched a bunch of stuff, 
got a paper cut, got back in the plane, touched my face, came back, ran upstairs, back on the computer. Oh my gosh. I love it. All right. Fair enough. So, okay, let's jump forward. Enough with all this Michigasts. Let's let's talk about, okay, Wendell and Michelle. Yes, Scott, we got no resolution on this. No resolution. There was nothing. It was... Andy, you might be surprised to hear that a huge storyline for the last three episodes has been that Michelle and Wendell dated in real life, broke up, it was awkward, and they've been in alliance regardless. What? Guess what? Yeah. And like apparently, and she felt that he wronged her in the relationship. And we've had three weeks of her saying like, you know, I'll turn on him and vote him out when the time is right, you know. And Wait, uh, we got nothing. I have, I have a, a question. Who's Michelle? What is a Michelle? <laughs> exactly. It was a, she didn't have any confessionals. I don't think last time this episode, she is a young woman with dark brown hair. Wow. Could, could <laughs> no idea who that is. She is one of the only people that did not vote when against Wendell at the end. And Wendell has been portrayed as a villain the last few weeks because of all this. He was perfectly charming and delightful in this He's episode. Face. What? He's got such a sweet face. I know. It's insane. The editing really frustrated me there. They've spent many episodes showing us why Wendell deserves to go home. And yet he goes home for totally unrelated reasons to that in this episode. It's like they made us want him to go home and then he goes home, but we don't get any resolution to why we wanted him to go home in the first place. Really weird, really weird choices. I mean, he's sort of still on the show, so maybe there's more to come, but like... Yeah, I I do have a theory about this, though, Scott. Okay, let's hear your theory. My theory is that they're... Because Michelle was so closely tied to Wendell, basically in an alliance with him, she does vote him out here. I think that they might be protecting Michelle's editorially because Michelle wins. She didn't vote him out here. Oh, that's right. She didn't vote him out. But they might have been protecting her, uh, showing like protecting that the fact that she was not in on this vote that she didn't understand, like, because they didn't show her reaction to him at all. They didn't show her being involved or not involved at all. Right. Whereas they did show Nick, like getting the raw end of this situation. Right. Um, so I think it's possible that Michelle wins and she was protected in this edit because of that. Well, I think it's possible that she wins, but I'm not sure how this protected her. By not showing her at all out of the loop until the very uh, end. Until the votes are revealed. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Like, certainly Nick got thrown under the bus editorially this episode. That's for sure. I loved that all montage of him. Yeah. yeah, that was so good, right? And then it happened again, like a few yes. scenes later <laughs> when two people were talking and he just walked by. Oh, my. That whole sequence, that. I'm sure there's a term that you already have for this, but like those sort of comedic edits, like character edits of like, I was calling it like the plinkety plonk where the music starts mm-hmm. just going. Yeah. Showing a character being the, a doofus. The, do- the dodo edit. I think we've yep. called it. Yeah. Oh, I, that was great. So good. I could have watched that for a whole hour. 
And I loved when when Ben and and uh, Jeremy are talking and about who to vote out, and he walks up and getting fire, uh, getting wood. Yeah, yeah, getting wood. And then he walks away, and Jeremy goes, "Well, who does he think it is?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody loves a good dodo edit except for the dodo. But um, <laughs> ain't that the yeah, truth. that was that was such a great bit. I loved it, and and I love that he like he was wearing that jacket, that like suit coat. So it really yeah. kind of made him seem even smarmier, like sliding in. Like, <laughs> hey, ladies, <laughs> he looked like one of the that that Jim Carrey and Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan character, the Night at the Roxbury guys. Yeah. Kind of looked like that, like. <laughs> Yeah, he's in a suit all the time. And they have to wear also what they wore their prior season, Andy. Yeah. Or something like it. What a mishmash. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, his character is he's like the southern lawyer, the rural juror. You know, he's so he has to wear he got to wear a suit to the island because he's a lawyer. Um, I loved when Wendell, though, speaking of him being delightful, when they had that little moment where Jeremy was like, and then knew, uh hair on your chest and he and Tyson are like yeah that must just come yesterday <laughs> that wasn't there no they go that wasn't there yesterday and Wendell's like it was yeah that was weird and <laughs> funny like, like a little kid <laughs> it was there I wonder how they decide to put things like that in the episode because it's just like there's no story reason for it but it is funny right you need yeah, it I- humanity and to remind you I think if you don't have it you don't have reminders of how long they're on the island because you need to show just the like things things that happen when there's nothing happening yeah that could that could be a reason maybe it was sort of like to say like yeah they've been out here a while and they had that long that sequence where it was just raining and everybody was miserable yeah Oh yeah, that that they don't do that very often anymore. Well, first of all, it doesn't. The weather isn't that bad in Fiji usually. Well, um, like Adam said, they had a cyclone when he was on. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. To evacuate the whole cast. But yeah, I want to man. talk more about what was going on because, I, as just from a strategy, like once we got past the challenge and we were really into who should we vote out, that was the most fun to me. Oh yeah, that was. The I'm sure it was for you and like. What was fascinating to me was, and I knew I'm watching it the whole time. Okay, Jeremy's Jeremy wants to drive it. Sophie wants to drive it. Who's gonna? Who's yeah. really the one? And it was Sophie. Oh my god! And her read was perfect, right? Perfect. So, I mean, we see these guys. I mean, this is through editing that her read seems perfect. But we see these these alpha male types coming together and being like, "We got to keep these big targets together. We have to work together." You know, and Tony says, um, I'm looking at the list here. Uh, Tony says, um, some of those ben, low players are not in the spotlight. Tony's pointing to Ben, Tyson, Jeremy and himself as the big targets, saying people like Wendell, Nick and Adam and Michelle are low profile. Right. They're those hyenas. They're good players, but they're hyenas. After the big lions fight it out, they're going to come and get their scraps. Exactly. I love Tony. Yeah. Um, your Tony tell. impression. Yeah. What, Andy? I said I couldn't tell that you love Tony. (laughs) What you you don't see from this episode is that Tony is like one of the most funny and like inadvertently funny, but one of the most entertaining players ever on the show. And I can't, and he spent all season trying to like contain his energy. 
because he's like wild and out of control and he always wants to run into the woods and look for idols and like come up with with different schemes and he builds himself what he calls spy shacks to spy on people but we've made it this far tony hasn't even received a single vote it's amazing yeah, but he has been a total kook so yeah, total kook but back to sophie so well, I, I wanted to say I wanted to address one yeah. thing based on what you just said. Okay. I, it just occurred to me this thought. I honestly don't think that you can even have a discussion about an all winner season until Tony becomes a winner in 28. Right. Because your cast is going to be so boring without Tony yeah. at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, it's just going to be all good that. players. You need you need people who were bad players who won like Tony. He's not quote a bad unquote, player. Quote, quote unquote bad players, right? People who, winners who make mistakes. Right. Like up until Tony, we hadn't really seen a winner make mistakes like that. Right. Or we hadn't seen their mistakes. Correct. They, were, they weren't they were shown. Um, so I think you like you cannot have an all winner season without Tony. He's, he's like the comic relief in a lot of ways. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Fair enough. Go but on. I'm talking about Sophie. Sophie, oh my God. I think, I still, I mean, you may be right. Like we've seen a lot of Michelle, so she could win. But like, I still think Sophie is the winner of the season. It does feel like it. I mean, her read was literally perfect this episode. She called that alliance right away. She called the plan amongst the big targets, taking out the little targets. And she said, you know what? the person I want to go for is this person. And then we just watched the dominoes fall. It was incredible. Like, and if, was, and, and remember like Yule was a key ally of hers. So I wonder if Wendell hadn't turned on Yule last week, would this have been different? Oh yeah. Cause Wendell was an ally of Sophie's as well. Yeah. So You're absolutely right. You yes. didn't get to see much because so much time was taken up by edge of extinction that um like how what was sophie's reaction to that yeah you're right wendell and nick voted voting out yule yeah what was the reaction ryan i don't know scott uh let me go to the let me get some let me go to the cutting room floor all right uh yeah you'd think that would have been a story right but no the story they wanted to tell was about the big the big targets versus the low profile targets. Like they use Tony as the narrator and then Sophie confirms it all, calls it out in a confessional and then just acts completely acts on it completely perfectly. Uh, Andy, did you have a take on Sophie other than, you know, she, she sh- should have been allowed to wear pants. Blonde person, right? Yeah. Okay. Glasses. She wears glasses. She's yes, the one who no. was shivering it before the challenge. Oh, wait, that's the same shiver person? She's the shiver person? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love her. Way to go. You shiver <laughs> it out and then make everybody do what you say. I wish she was allowed to wear pants, but other than that, I hope she wins the whole kit and caboodle. I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. So Sophie is, you know what I want to say is I think I had this thought the other day. I think that the show figured out how to edit players like Sophie when Aubrey... Uh, when they started editing Aubrey the way they edited Aubrey, because Aubrey was a very similar player to Sophie and she got close to the end and she almost won. 
And um, so, you know, Sophie won, but Sophie's edit on her winning season was really not that great. Like they just didn't know what to do with her. I feel like, well, she was also on a season with two huge returning players. Huge, huge. Sucked up a lot of the airtime. And frankly, several huge new players as well. Cochran. Cochran, um, uh, What's his name? Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. Right. But like they didn't really try to make her into someone that the viewer would love and really enjoy winning. Right. Right. No, they didn't at all. Um, And (laughs) I feel like they didn't know what to do with her archetype, which is the sort of like bookish nerdy girl. Right. Um, or woman. And, and, and in this case, like, I think they figured that out over in the intervening years and they're giving her the edit that she deserved her first time. Yes. Yes. I love it. And she's got an idol in her pocket, so she's not going anywhere and she's got enough. She's got such a good read of what's going on. Yeah. She knows when she does not need to use an idol. And I I think we there back in my day there was one if you were lucky yeah right (laughs) yeah well there's a lot there's so many that i honestly can't remember how many there are Um, right right now she's got one and kim's got one and sarah has the steal steal of votes and jeremy has safety without power that's right which is sort of like an idol sort of like an idol yeah, too many things. As it actually, you just said exactly what Sophie said in the premiere of this season. Because there's Jeff is introducing all these things, and he goes, and there's one more thing. And Sophie goes, too many things. <laughs> I love Sophie. Yeah. Uh, Sophie is the best. I'm super rooting for her this season. If she wins, it will be an all time great performance, obviously. Yeah. Even though. Um, your our two winner picks are still in our predictions. Mine not looking so good though, Scott. You don't not think? at all. No way. She was a target this episode. If she hadn't won immunity, she might have gone home. Maybe, but I think that was a little bit of a red herring. I think for twenty yeah. seasons we've been seeing we're definitely going to vote out so and so, and then they, you know, the only thing that'll save them is if they win immunity, and then they win. But we know that they've said that about five other people. Yep. No, you're right. So, uh, I but know. I do. Yeah. Denise um, is pretty good at other than that one slip up at the merge. She's pretty low pro. Yeah. I mean, Tony was not calling her a big target. She's one of the hyenas. She's a good player. She's just not in the spotlight. Right. Like me, like Tony. I'm like, Tony. So your big targets are coincidentally all men. Is there a, is there a theme going on here? Uh, he has included Kim as a big target. Maybe That's not last true. night. What? Does Kim wear pants? Yes. <gasps> Kim was wearing pants last night. She was I noticed she was wearing pants and a bra in one scene. Kim is my was my preseason prediction to win. So maybe but the big targets, the lions, are people wear that pants. wear pants. Oh my She's god. Someone who wears pants like Sandra. Yeah, call Sandra oh. Sandra. Sandra or Kim or Jeremy or me. Andy's impression of Tony is way better than yours, Scott. I'm sorry. Oh, let me hear it again. I didn't hear it. I missed it. Hey, yo, it's me, Tony Danza. I'm on it. Who's the boss? It's me. There's some hyenas and a lion and a Sandra. And, uh, what if know, we found out that Tony was Tony Danza? And we all along. You know what? The immunity idol? Mona. 
Ayo. Angela. Angela. Mona, rest in peace. Um, Ben includes himself as a big target. Do we agree? No, not a chance. (laughs) It's insane to think Ben is a big target. The guy is just there to my, to in my eyes. He's kind of been very clowny this season. Yeah. He's comic relief. Like, did you see like when Adam went up to him and was like, who are we, what's going on? And he was like, I just, I just got back from getting wood. I don't know what's going on. It was like, (laughs) geez. No, I don't know. Um, And then he goes like, he's yeah. And you're upset. And then I was watching that. I was rewatching it this morning with my daughter, who Andy is a Survivor fan. And she said, uh, she's like, yeah, he's like the tribe crazy guy. That's what she <laughs> said about that. He is, though. And it's totally true. Like, he, he, I think he's getting that kind of an edit. I liked last week when Adam said, like, you know, can you, it's just the tone that you're speaking we, me, to me with, I don't like. And yeah. Ben, Oh, is this a better tone? Do you like that tone? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, I I definitely want to use that in my marriage when tone becomes an issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this the way you want me to talk, honey? <laughs> um, uh, Adam Adam escaped getting voted out. Tyson yeah, that's crazy to me. Getting voted out. I was, I was quite surprised. I mean, I know I have no context, but yeah. that guy seemed like Adam? he... Yeah, Adam seemed like he was going away. Yeah. He's a nut. He's been playing this season like, like an insane person, which, you know, it's possible he played his first season that way and we weren't shown it as much because he wins, but like he really is like always on. Um, actually a little bit reminds me of the way that I play Survivor, so <laughs> I can't really fault him for that. But. At what point, Andy, in this did you like sort of realize as you were watching that everybody in the cast had won a previous season? Oh, I think pretty early because I think I saw the banner that said like oh, okay. ball right. or whatever it is called. Um, but I, I think I... I didn't clock it because I didn't, I was so overwhelmed by the sheer amount of people at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of people. There's 19 people still technically in the game. There's a lot of people. Although I think the, our best argument for saying that edge of extinction is not a part of survivor is that they, what they talk about is getting back in the game. So that to me means that edge of extinction is not in the game. I was hoping in my mind, just to let you know what I was picturing was happening at Edge of Extinction, was it's just naked and afraid. Like it's <laughs> right. just, that's how they get people for the show naked and afraid, is they take them for Survivor and put them yeah. on But that's Edge kind of when then it started. It would be, then it would be purgatory. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, other than the naked part, like when Edge of Extinction started, that was sort of more the concept of like, if yeah. you think Survivor is about suffering, like on Edge of Extinction, you get nothing. You get one scoop of rice per day and you have to hike to the top of a mountain to retrieve it. And other than that, there's nothing zero going on the whole time. And you just have to wait for weeks to for that challenge to get back in. Well, you know, now, now that Wendell's on Edge of Extinction, their shelter is going to be like Shangri-La. Yeah. If they so, can find wood. Look, they 
they have plentiful supply of wood, right? Still left over from that one challenge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the logs. I don't know. Okay, now we need to keep this moving because Ryan has some sort of life to lead. But, um, I mean, where are you going? You're sheltering in place. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I got to do yoga tonight. Uh, um, all right. So we'll yeah, go. this is what it's like sheltering in place without kids, by the way. We got to do podcasts. Oh, we got yoga. <laughs> I've learned of this world without children and I but you know what everybody's shelter in place is different everybody's having a different um you know it's it's differently terrible and differently wonderful for everybody yes absolutely yeah but I think it'd be a lot less exhausting if we didn't have kids but that's life (laughs) period that applies to life in general yeah absolutely Um, so anyways Uh, I did want to talk about one more thing before we got to our segments, which is the fact that they were deciding between Wendell and Nick and they didn't split the vote. Let's talk about that, Scott. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it was just everybody except the that one tribe of three, Wendell, Nick, and mm-hmm. voted against Wendell. Yeah. So would they have had the numbers then? Let's see, there's nine others. So yeah, they could have had the numbers to split the vote. Do you think that's why Adam was so nervous is because he knew they weren't splitting the vote? I mean, I could be one of the many reasons that Adam is nervous. <laughs> yeah, he's just a nervous Adam guy. Adam is a nervous, yeah. a nervous guy. But like, it's it, like just how much, it's so funny to me. It's like, Oh, we we care so little about Adam that we're just going to let the other side of the the other side of the tribe split the vote for us. <laughs> right. Basically, <laughs> like they just don't care. They're like, okay, so fine. If Wendell has an idol, Adam goes home. Then that's that fine might too. Might have been what they were thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what should I mean? Should Adam have tried to round up two more people to just vote for Nick instead? Um. I don't think he had an opportunity to do that. As he said many yeah. times, nobody wanted to talk to him. And the only yeah. people who would talk to him were just like, just, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And they were oh right. Oh my God. How bad does that make you feel though? Like that makes you feel like you literally have no standing in the game. Yeah. No, Nobody wants to work. That's like, you're just alone. Then. He did it to himself. You're he right. No, you're right. Against his own alliance. So nobody trusts him anymore. Even Denise yeah. was like, I love the way Denise played that conversation with Jeremy. When Yeah, it was great. When she was like, so the thing you're thinking that if you vote off Adam, there's no ripple effect. She's like, or very little ripple effect. Well, I would have been the ripple. Yeah, so exactly. I'm telling you, that was a great line and a great read. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. Denise is a therapist, Andy. She, uh, she, that makes sense. yeah, she won her season even though she went to every single tribal council of the season, but she just, she's a a smart cookie. Yeah. Scott, didn't one of the times Andy was on, she predicted the winner, I believe. I did. Oh yeah. But I don't think the first time you were on, you didn't because I remember you saying that Tyler, the, the, the Hollywood agent would, would be the winner season. But I I don't remember. I, I just thought he had special skills. Right. Oh, so maybe you didn't predict him as the winner, but he was well, what, a assistant, I thought. He was, yeah. Yeah. What was the do you happen to remember what season what other thing you saw with us, Andy, on the podcast? Oh, I'm scanning through 
I'm scanning through here to find out the last time she was on with us. So keep talking. Okay. Me to predict again. Are you asking me to predict or to say who I want to win? Because there's a. Big Let's hear both. Let's hear both. Um, I think either Thad or Champer is Will. probably going to do a really great job. Okay. Oh, listen, people that aren't in the game that are in the game that I have no idea who they are. I mean, so. Champer has Champ in his name. Exactly. No. Um, of the people that I know, I mean, I still. I want, I would like it if Yule won, because I think Yule is amazing, based only on... Based uh, on what? what I okay. Physically uh, amazing, yes. Go ahead. Amazing. Nerd girl, uh, but, I would also uh, be very happy. Sophie, yes. Sophie. I feel like, I feel like either of them could, and I would be happy. So those are also your potential predictions well here's my my question is i don't understand there's so many people how many more episodes where are we we're about halfway through oh i mean there's anybody's game still especially with edge of extinction it's anybody's game because any of those people who've been voted out including wendell or anybody or yule you can win the final challenge to get back into the game and come back in at the very end and somehow win the whole that, show. That's why I think Yule has a good chance because I think he could survive because he's so physically fit. He could survive being on edge of extinction for a long time and then come back in and not have all the emotional baggage that everybody that's going in and out of the game have. <laughs> well, I would love it. And I love Yule. And he has very so, little emotional baggage. So Andy was on with us for game changers episode four game so, so then she would have if she was correct she would have predicted sarah the cop yeah and sarah is on this season too and oh, somehow geez. has lasted this long which also stuns me yeah because everybody was targeting her pre-game yeah you gone all the way home or do you just go to edge of extinction edge of extinction unless you decide the other aspect edge of extinction is if you don't want to stay there, you don't have to. You can just, well, which I guess is true of the show itself, but it's not the same as like quitting the game. It's like you can go to Edge of Extinction, but there's a, a sail. You can raise the mast and um, that will signal a boat to come get you. And that's what Sandra did. Gotcha. She arrived at Edge of Extinction last week. And like took a look around and listened to what people told her and was like, well, I'm not staying here. Yeah. Are Goodbye. they together? <laughs> I thought they were alone. No, they're all together. Ugh. The first person who got get goes there is alone at first. They, honestly, they should be alone because maybe then they wouldn't be so likely to vote for the returning players as the winner. Well, that's what <laughs> happened in, in the the last time, Andy. Exactly. The guy who ended up winning the game was the third person voted out of the season. And he sat there on Edge of Extinction all season bonding with the jury. With no yeah. stakes, right? Like, he doesn't have to lie to them. He doesn't have to do anything bad I to them. I thought they were all alone on Edge of Extinction. That's why I thought Yule that would, would be that would, I mean, baggage. That would be less interesting, but better for the game integrity. <laughs> Anyway, like they did this episode, then why not? Yeah, right, right. Um, 
Let's move on to our segments, uh, if you guys are okay with that. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Segments. Um, segments. Segments. All right. Let's do Hold Up Bro. Hold Up. Hold Up all right, this is Hold Up Bro. This is the moment you said, Hold Up Bro. You had to rewind your DVR and uh, watch that again. I had two, but I already talked about one, which was just how pissed off Boston Rob looks sitting on the jury, which was, I really yeah, to watch again. We've never seen him on a jury in all previous four. I need to watch that again, too. That I, I didn't notice that. That's funny. He was just so sullen and so upset to be there but the other one which we haven't mentioned and go back and watch this ryan there is a during that scene where the downpour is happening and they're all just standing there miserable Mm -hmm. they show a shot of a woman that it took me a minute to even figure out who it was well i believe it was sarah but who i thought it was and who had teleported there from a prior season was our friend and friend of the podcast pg really there is a shot That's... of sarah that i swear while the rain and she's wearing a hat and that's like, crazy I, I swear go back anybody go back and watch that pg law kind of came back and like inhabited sarah for that shot and it was yeah. totally confusing because i was like well i know pg's not there who is it? And I had to rewind it like and only by really by process of elimination did I figure out. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because like Sarah and PG obviously do not look alike at all. So no. um, different <laughs> ethnicity, yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, just everything. Different vibe, different everything. Well, they both yeah. got big smiles. That's true. That's true. Good point. But she was not smiling in the shot. Well, <laughs> so, so go back because I had to go back and watch it. Check that out. All right. I will do that. I will. I won't do that, but I will do that. Yeah. Do sure. it. Uh, okay. Uh, I have two also. Um, oh, one yeah. is one is kind of fun. It's kind of a sound guy thing. Not a but, competition, uh, Ryan. I know. But uh, when when they're all when they're like they show them with their sticks that they tied together to like grab the key ring or whatever and Amber's breaks. They had like the most bone crunching sound ever you've ever heard. <laughs> when the stick broke, it was like the clearly it was added in later, but it just sounded so funny, like so over the top crunching sound with her stick breaking. Um, it reminded me of my favorite human giant sketch where they're like sound design guys and to make the sound of like someone chopping lettuce, they like actually uh, rip someone's head off. <laughs> it's like, it's like they flip it, you know. Um, if you like sound, sound design comedy, you must yes, see the movie. You must see the movie Modern Romance. Okay, all right. I love Albert, sound Albert design. Brooks. It's a great movie, and he plays an, a film editor. And there's a whole mm-hmm. scene, foley scene that is amazing. Wow, I will. I'll watch it just for that. Okay. Um, and then my other holdup, bro, is kind of a like I noticed a little editorial trick. Um, when Sophie is struggling and she's in the rain um, and she, you know, they cut to Ben and he said that he, I know he said the words, this is going to go quick, but they subtitle it. She's going to go quick mm. to, to make, make him look like an asshole or something. Yeah. Like to make us like or, underestimate Sophie. And... Yeah. Yeah. Fuck totally. Him, right. But he, I swear to God, he says, this is going to go quick. He did right. not say she's going to go quick. I'll have to check that out. I don't know. I'll check that out. 
Yeah, I think he said this. And he was right. Was there anything that you either rewound or just felt like, hold up, bro, I, I, what happened there? Are you asking me? Or yeah, or that you loved so much, you had to rewind and see again. Well, to I uh, first was the first time there was singing, a vocal. (laughs) Yeah. to see that if I had any other tabs open, I was like, where did that go? <laughs> ah, that's so true. That was, <laughs> that was painful. <laughs> and then, but uh, the other one was also in Stick Challenge, which was the most disgusting, cursed image of Rob's like flaccid stick, like trying <laughs> 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 to get the. <laughs> like it was so disgusting to me with that little nubbin at the end. It was all <laughs> uh, It made me scream. I was by myself, and I went. <laughs> well, listen, um, he's a he's a grower, not a shower. You know, um. <laughs> very like just everything about it was very gross, and the, the just the action of it poking through and trying to get the key. Why was he bracing it with his pelvis too? Like that was so weird. I thought it was kind of hot. <laughs> oh, oh, man. okay right. well that's so cool. rob has a flaccid stick and amber's breaks off in the middle yeah i don't know what well, that says about their relationship flaccid it was sort of the, the curvature down with the nubbin yeah it just it all these words are great <laughs> um. <laughs> curvature i don't believe we've ever had the words curvature or nubbin on the podcast yeah, it's, it's possible yeah. That's why you bring me on. Yeah. Well, we we have definitely not talked about Rob's flaccid stick yet either. So this is all new. Um, all right. That was great. Let's move on to our next segment. Let's do ill regrets. What's the time? It's time to get ill. What's the time? It's time to get ill regrets. All right. This is ill regrets. This is who do you think is going to have ill regrets about a choice they made, something they did or said, or, you know, didn't do or say, and you cannot choose Wendell. Hmm. haven't thought about this one. Uh, I mean, for me, I've already sort of said it. I think Denise is going to have ill regrets for playing up her, uh, the story of her idol. Yeah. At the merge feast, no less. Like you have no control over who hears it. Yeah, that that's pretty good. Uh, well, I, oh, now I know who mine is. I mean, come right. on, Boston Rob, and to a lesser extent, oh, yes. Natalie, for failing to use their token. They bought idols, which, by the way, now they have to give back. They were only good. Oh, really? They got, yep. They can't even hold on to them in case they get back in. They can't sell them to somebody for a fire token. This is what Jeff Probst said. The the idols. Come are on, dead. Jeff. Let them sell it at a sixty six percent loss at least. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so exactly. So I mean, the fact that they did not buy advantages, and especially, I don't know how Natalie would have done with three advantages, but I sure know that Rob lost it by a very small amount. And if and that one advantage of not having to dig was pretty significant. So if the other two were even close to that, Rob would be back in the game. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I he might have been voted out next, but. Uh, but he was that he should, and I bet he does have very ill regrets. Yep, I can I can imagine. Am I, he, am I keeping you awake, Ryan? No, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> you aren't. Uh, no, Andy, I'm sorry. That he's not keeping you awake. That you're just fully asleep. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm fully asleep. Uh, Andy, did you did you have anyone come to mind? We well, I have two because I also was gonna it, it was gonna say bragging about your I the the feast seemed the feast bragging mm-hmm. seemed very ill advised. I also was gonna say um, myself for <laughs> term raw vag when it's not all the way raw. It like you are wearing a bathing suit, and I I do have regrets about that. I went. It was it was uh, very coarse, and uh, <laughs> I don't stand by it. But okay, yeah, and yet you've said it like three more times. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not editing it out, so I'm glad you got that apology in, uh, or, or not an apology. I really wanted but, to, but I hope you don't, because yeah. yeah. I thought it was because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay. All right. And our Let's, final segment. Final segment is getting loud. All right, who got loud this week? Who stood out in a good way? Well, I already gave mine. Sophie. Yep, Sophie is also mine. Well, um, do I feel like... I have a question because we never... We basically didn't talk about Jeremy at all. True. Well, we can. And I love Jeremy. I yeah, do. Jeremy is playing a insanely good game I think but... he's playing a very very good game again no context whatsoever but i feel like he was eight like he stood up for wendell when he needed to st- stand up for wendell but not in a way that was gonna put a target on his back and i felt like that was smart and then he went with the group he went with the yeah. current of the ocean as tony would say um and he yeah. he ended he up voting he, he voted against him. wendell what i thought I thought he fought enough for Wendell to not look like a traitor, but then yeah. went with the group to save his butt, yeah. to make yeah. investment in, tr- in people trusting him. I thought it was really, he played it really well. That's yeah. It's good. It's re- it was really smart. Um, I do think he is going to be a bit of a target, but maybe weakening him by removing someone who's perceived to be his ally will help him in the long run. Um I think, yeah, you know, the fact that he even knew that Wendell was a potential target says a lot for his game, right? Because usually when someone who is really close to you is the target, you're not going to find that out because they'd be foolish to tell you, right? Right, but he's so good. His relationships are so strong that he's always in the loop. So it wasn't like we have to keep this from Jeremy. It was like, well, we better tell Jeremy. Yep. Better go break the bad news to Jeremy. Yeah, which is just crazy to me. Like, how good are you at Survivor that you even get to know when the rest of the group is targeting your closest, one of your close allies? I wouldn't say it's, Wendell isn't his closest ally. They haven't been on a tribe together yet. Um, They're just friends in real life, right? So that's the concern. I don't even think they're that close in real life, but they've gotten along really well. Yeah. The times that they've met. But like, yeah, I think Jeremy, uh, most of the people left in the game game, you know, could still win, except for like Adam. I even think Adam could win. His edit is bad, right? But it's not that much worse than it was the first time. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that would be quite a, a delightful shock of Adam. Yeah, left. it would be. I don't I think agree. Nick can win, actually. Not after last night's episode. Or he's just yeah, not a two nights substantial. Ago. And I don't think they see him as very substantial. I think yep. they're all, every winner gets voted off 
is going to feel like, you know, if it's not going to be me, it better be somebody who's really like kick ass. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think Nick could be a losing finalist, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Right there with Michelle and uh, Jeremy. Sophie. Sophie, well. Sophie's going to go out fourth, right? She's going to be like the Rob Cesarnino, the heartbreaker. I don't know. Or it could be Michelle. We could be being set up for a Michelle fourth place. Maybe. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. Uh, Andy, do you want to watch the rest of the season? Listen, guys. Any intro. <laughs> I love you both. Uh, love, <laughs> love being a guest. We'll be happy to be on the guest at any time. But no, I will not be watching any more Survivor until you tell me to. Okay. Well, then <laughs> probably you'll never see it again because <laughs> yeah, this is gonna, no, this is probably be our last probably podcast. our last season of the podcast, and it may even be the last season of Survivor. So there you go. Well, then maybe I need to watch it. So oh, you're so you're saying it's not the last season of the podcast because I said raw veg or because I said that my <laughs> yes, like we've already yeah. been shut down by the, the authority. FCC is going to shut us down for that. You yeah. said raw veg. <laughs> No, we well, just we 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 find it to be such a burden to do this podcast. It's oh, so it's hard on us. The the Scott, the sacrifices we make for our listeners, it's just insane. We, we had actually stopped a couple of years ago, but we um or when after season thirty five, yeah, a couple of years ago. And we but we were so excited for this season we came back. Oh, and I now this costing us dearly. Future episodes, <laughs> yes. My career is in the toilet now. <laughs> um, the uh, and and also the future seasons have been postponed due to um, some dude named COVID. And um, by the way, sound I, like a certain contestant name. So I, I've been very pessimistic. I'm like I'm like I don't know. Yeah, knows? this could be it. It won't be it. It'll get at the very least. It'll get rebooted, rebooted down the line, right? Well, like, that's true. Yeah, like everything, because it's a winning premise and it's cheap. You are. Oh, both of those Aww. things. I wish I could say the same about you, Scott. <laughs> I wish. I wish somebody could. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've said it all. Why don't we? Sure we uh, why well, don't wait, we? Andy, where can we find you and your various projects? Anything upcoming? Oh. Well, and lots what of can we learn? <laughs> what? Um, as you know, lot, you know, many things are on hold. But if you're interested in my nonsense, um, you can find me on the Instagram at uh, Mister and Mischief is where I do my weird theater things, um, and on Twitter at uh, something. Uh, yes, Andy Crocker, I think maybe. That um, sounds right. I hope it's right. Do you want me to look it up and check? <laughs> um, but but mostly, if you need to find me, uh, just ask Scott. He'll he'll find me for you. Yeah, and you can find me at Ryan's Twitter, which is Ryan yep. at Ryan Elder Music. Yep, and I'll forward it along to Scott as usual to uh, at Scott Chernoff. Yeah, um, but yeah. Andy and and Mister and Mischief. I guess nothing's going on right now because of uh, the situation in the world, but. But yeah, but you but can go you watch anything we can watch, anything we can you see. You can go watch episodes of Who's Teaching Whom on channel101.com. Please do. Please <laughs> um, do. 
<laughs> yeah. You can go to channel101.com and watch Andy and I do uh, shows called Who's Teaching Whom, Second Time Around, The Harper Teen Mystery Files, Inappropriate and, and more. What? Um, but, uh, but I would love you. Yeah, f- find me if you enjoy my sense of humor. And uh, then, uh, yeah, uh, find and me yes, on the internet. Her Twitter All is these- yes, Andy Crocker. There you go. Andy Y. Crocker. Yes, like a boy, but I'm a lady. You were there ahead of time. You are. It's like, yes, queen, but you're like, yes, Andy Crocker. And you are, yes, the consummate lady. <laughs> That's right. Always a lady. <laughs> Always a lady with your raw vag. <laughs> oh, God. Let's go out on that. <laughs> this has been fun, guys. Okay. Bye, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. The tribe has spoken. Now I'm going to put out your little lamp with my lamp stopper. <laughs>